welcome back to the Friendship Bread Podcast. I'm Alma, and I'm here with Crystal. Hello. We love to have real, honest conversations about life and how the conservative culture that we both grew up in shaped our mindsets. And in our last uh, few episodes, we've been talking about purity culture, and we're back talking about purity culture again today. Yes, we are. Before we dive in, do you have a breadcrumb? The sun is shining. The sun is shining. I think, honestly, I think the return of sunshine to my life is a big one right now. So, yeah. I mean, I just mentioned that to you before we even started recording. So, yeah, you did. Yeah. It's like full on, it feels like spring. It does. It does. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm I'm even even wearing blue and yellow today. So, yes. She's wearing like a really cute spring dress and a bright cardigan. It's adorable. Very springy. You can well they can't see. I know that's Full true. Effect. That's true. <laughs> um Do you have a breadcrumb? I I can't steal yours. Um, is that what you were gonna say? Well I didn't know yet, but yeah, I was <laughs> leaning towards that. I'm sorry. Um no, it's okay. Well, we just celebrated Easter. Mm-hmm. My family, um, we didn't grow up doing much for Easter. Mm-hmm. Uh so We still don't, but we had dinner at my parents' last night, and I love having dinner at my parents. Yes. (laughs) Uh, My mom, I the last, like, I don't know how many times we've had dinner at my parents. She hasn't even asked me to bring anything, and it's literally just a night where I don't have to cook anything. Mm -hmm. I can just go and eat, and it's, I I love dinner at my parents. (laughs) (laughs) So... Um, your breadcrumb is having dinner at your parents. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll go with that, yes. <laughs> yeah, we had, um, it was funny. Last night, we, so we did dinner, and my mom made, like, a really yummy roast with gravy and, uh, p- like, potatoes. The yes. Little, like, cube potatoes. Mm-hmm. And, um, a pasta salad. And then... We there was like three different dessert options. Wow! One of my sister in laws had made a like a strawberry. Um, ooh, what is it called? It's like a trifle. Oh, it was so pretty. And then uh, one of the other ones had made angel food cake, and then my mom had made this like blueberry cheesecake thing that I could eat. Mm-hmm. Like not actually cheesecake because it would have eggs, but you yes. know. And um, anyways, the boys, my brothers, and my husband were all, like, so happy. There were so many dessert options. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that all sounds amazing. Yeah. I've, I've talked about dinner for a long time, but anyways. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a nice day yesterday. The weather was gorgeous. Yes. Happy Easter. Yes. Well, it feels a bit, um, I, I think we're, like, subconsciously procrastinating this conversation as long as we can (laughs) is it subconsciously (laughs) it might be consciously let's be honest yeah crystal found a book we're back to discuss another book from my childhood yes yeah this it's a it's a good one yeah and i don't mean that literally (laughs) (laughs) i feel like like when you 
I feel like I had blocked out. I was telling you earlier, I had I blocked out too. these memories. Yeah. And then you started talking about it and I was like, oh my word, the the feelings that mm-hmm. popped up for me that I had like completely forgotten. I don't know. For some reason, this book and its messages like really ingrained itself and themselves yes into my subconscious i had i think i had blocked it out too i honestly Mm -hmm. like it wasn't like if somebody would have mentioned it i'd been like oh yeah we did that but i kind of also like blocked out a lot of it until i saw um actually it was on sheila gregor's um instagram Mm. she had shared a post about this book and and that was what kind of made the memories come flooding back for me was seeing mm-hmm. that post and being like, oh, my goodness. And I actually even asked my sister. I was like, oh, did you – do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Because we did it together. And I, the thing, the sad thing to me, too, is that I feel like the basic idea of the book Yeah, let's good. talk about that. Let's talk like, about that. The basic idea of the book is it's supposed to be – some dates for moms and daughters to do together mm-hmm. and like conversations that you have, like it gives you an activity to do on your date and then conversation to have. There's a CD for you to listen to in the car on the way there and then on the way home. And just like, it's supposed to be something for mothers and daughters to do together. And you told me a different time when we were talking about this, that you feel like the idea of having something to teach like girls the value, yes, their value. To teach them their value, yes. And um it's it's supposed to be about true beauty. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is like that concept is good. Mm-hmm. I like the concept. What I don't like is some of the messages that they added into it. Yeah. And you know, even I like I think we can look at this and say that there wasn't ill intentions when they wrote this book. They had mm-hmm. good intentions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and it's it's supposed to be geared towards 8 to 12 year olds. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, getting in there when they're younger, not waiting until they're teenagers to like talk to them about beauty. Like, yeah, like mm-hmm. those things are good. But there's just as we'll talk about there's a lot in here that is not. Mm-hmm. And in fact, for me, it did the very opposite. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like this book is where this book is where the idea came from to me that I shouldn't like my body mm-hmm. and that there was thing that stuff was wrong with my body. Mm-hmm. And also that I was, this was like where the idea was introduced to me that I was responsible for how men viewed my body. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so my sister and I went through this book with, well, it would have been four other girls in like our little girls Bible study that we had as when we were younger. And some of it, I don't remember a bunch, but then there's other parts that I remember very vividly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I marked some things in the book. Yeah, and I'm I'm really excited is the wrong word, but I'm looking <laughs> forward to like talking about 
these things that stuck with us, like, and stuck with you, like what stood out to you? You mentioned earlier, like, that it's obvious there was no ill intentions with this book. Yeah. And it's kind of hard for me, like, feels disrespectful to, like, take someone else's book and, like, point out wrong messages. Yeah. But I, yeah, with that, I, I'm not really sure how to word exactly what's in my head. Yeah. But there is, I, I don't feel like it's disrespectful sharing what your experience was with the book mm -hmm. and what, and the messages that were. Yeah communicated yeah. to you yeah because like i mean like i can honestly look at this and say i think that they had good intentions mm -hmm. yeah but that's i don't just think not when this across. was created that they were like here let's traumatize a bunch of girls and cause them to have horrible yes. body image yes. until they're in their 30s like yes. that's not what the intention was at all um so the for me the thing that i i actually remember the very first date or the very first time, the most. Mm -hmm. And you were supposed to do like a little tea party in the book for the mom. It, um, cause you get a book for the mom. And then also there was like a journal that was for the girl, mm, okay. um, for the daughter. And so you are supposed to take your daughter for this tea party and then ask her if that made her feel special or, or no. Ask her to describe how she feels right now. And hopefully she'll say something like special or loved. And then the mom says, so what if we just went and got somewhere and got some tea in this cup and you set out a ceramic cup? And would you feel as special as you did? You know, because you just had a tea party with fine china. So would you feel as special? And she says, usually the girl will say no. I mean, yeah, ceramic mugs are not as pretty. So, of course. <laughs> And then what if we had tea in this cup and you bring out a styrofoam cup and what would you do with this cup when you were finished? And it says that usually she'll say that she would throw it away. But then in, in the girl's diary, it goes on to say, are you styrofoam, ceramic, or china? Which one are you? And it talks about in the way that you care for and style your hair, in the way you care for your face, in the way you care for your body. And um, it does talk about a few other things like your attitudes and um, like in the friends that you tend to select and some of those things. But a big emphasis is on your body. Mm -hmm. And uh, is like the way you dress in there? Yes, in the clothes that I wear. And then it actually has in the clothes that I wear and in the clothes that I want to wear. Interesting. So it has both of those. I think for me, looking back on how it made me, I don't even, I don't remember if there, I don't think, I don't remember like a specific moment of being like, oh, this makes me feel like trash. Mm -hmm. But the overall takeaway was that there is the possibility of me being trash. Yes. And, you know, the way that this could have been improved would be to just say, you are fine mm -hmm. China. Yeah. No matter what you choose to do, you are fine China. Your your actions don't affect your worth. Yeah. That doesn't you, – you are still valuable no matter yeah. what. Yeah. And you can choose, like, what you put into the cup. 
Mm-hmm. And that could be a great like representation of your attitudes. Like you can have a muddy water attitude or you could have a fine, you know, tea with yeah. sugar and you could be sweet like that. You can make that choice, but no matter what, you're fine China. Yeah. Like, yeah, the implication kind of like we've talked about before, like with the like the damaged cakes and yes. the crumpled flowers. Yes. The implication that you can be something that should be thrown away yes. is so harmful. Yes. Exactly. So harmful. Exactly. That was. Anyway, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, it is what it is. Yeah. Um. But that was the first, like, big thing for me. Mm-hmm. And then you were – there was the next page gave you a space to where if you had selected styrofoam or ceramic for yourself in the page before, like, to make a plan for how to improve those things mm. so that you wouldn't be styrofoam or ceramic anymore. So it says for – in the mom section – It says that for this date, it allows you to find areas where your daughter may lack confidence and need some extra encouragement concerning her body image. I think the idea was that your daughter could, would point out a weakness or insecurity, and then that the mom could then offer encouragement. Mm, Okay. But for me, it was more of a thing of like, it made me... I don't remember that I had thought before this, looking at this, how do I feel about my hair? How do Mm -hmm. I feel about my eyes, my nose, my teeth, my face? But again, this is for 8 to 12-year-old girls. Mm -hmm. And when we go on down this list for the things that you were supposed to complete these sentences about how you feel about all of these things, and in there they have my weight Mm -hmm. and my chest. Mm-hmm. and my legs and my hands and that is a lot like to me again i understand the intention of like oh let's figure out where she's insecure and mm-hmm. let's give her some validation in those areas but at the same time it's also asking you to look for things that are wrong with yourself mm-hmm. instead of saying like we're going to look for the things that you like about yourself and dwell on those, mm-hmm. like, and celebrate those things. What do you think is wrong with you? Yeah. And when you start looking for things that are wrong with yourself, that is the road to hating how your body looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels like it's unnecessarily drawing attention to each body part. Yeah. I feel like there has to be a better way to go about that. Yeah. Like, well, like you just said, like, maybe talk about the things you like about yourself. And and there could have been a thing of like, hey, like, make sure you tell your daughter, like, if there is something that you know she's insecure about, like, validate her extra in that. Mm -hmm. Or like, tell her like, hey, if you're feeling insecure with something, like, let me know. Like, Mm -hmm. but like, not like nitpicking each mm-hmm. individual body part. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I can like, picture too, like, even if you're talking about the things you like about yourself, if a if a girl's like, I really like my, oh my goodness, I can't think, and my eyes, but I, I don't like how I have so many freckles. 
Yes. Like, if you're talking about the things you like, often, like, those things will come out without yeah. you having to specifically be like, how do you feel about your legs? How do you feel about your nose? Mm-hmm. You can't change your nose. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as an adult, you could get surgery, I guess, but. <laughs> I guess you could. <laughs> it's not necessary. No. And, yeah, there's just, like, like some of those things, like, when you talked about legs and nose and hair and this stuff. These things are things you can't change. They were given to you mm-hmm. by your genetics. Yes. Like, what are they wanting? And uh, then, and then yeah. the other okay. thing about this was, remember that we didn't do this within a one-on-one setting. We did this in a group setting mm-hmm. yeah. of six girls. Mm-hmm. Oh, and my goodness. that was intense. Because then not only do you have one little girl saying – I don't like how my legs look. You have another girl saying, I don't like how my legs look. And you have, I remember one of my friends saying that she didn't like how her legs looked. And I remember thinking, but I don't think there's anything wrong with her legs. Mm -hmm. And then I'm looking at my own legs and questioning Mm -hmm. what's wrong with mine. Yeah. And that's a really, really good point. Just, um, again, like I think it maybe for me, maybe the fact that it wasn't a I feel like I'm just trying to give everything the benefit of the doubt here. Um, maybe the fact that it was in a group setting, like, played a bigger part in it for me. And it wouldn't have been as traumatizing if it had been individual. I don't know. I Well, there's always that. There's always going to be an exception. There's always going to be someone who, like, I'm, I'm looking at this and it clearly affected us certain ways. And... Not everyone's going to have that experience. Yeah. Like, some people are going to have memories of going through this book and it not affecting them like it affected us. There's – everyone handles things differently. You have a difference in who's going through it with you. Like, there's there's so many variables. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, there is that. You're right. Like, there's always – someone else could have had a completely different experience. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah, unfortunately, this is my experience. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, let me see here. So this was, oh my gosh, I don't even know how to do this. Are we going into like the third date now or the The fourth one actually? I mean, okay. Well, okay. The third one, I guess I should mention it, but like, I don't know what to say about it really. The third one was the absolute beauty challenge where you say that you're going to attempt to spend however many minutes in quiet prayer and Bible reading. And if you miss more than two days in a week, you're going to do a chore for your mom. Mm. Which I I don't think there's anything wrong with encouraging your child to spend like alone and quiet time in prayer or yeah like I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just don't like the penalty. No, the penalty is interesting. That's that's very. I'm so curious why like, they chose like you that. You get punished basically for yeah not and and as an adult like knowing like what i know now or like like your your time in prayer is so sacred to you like and so to have that punishment associated it makes it more of a responsibility yeah instead of a did you have your alone time today it's so it's so important for you to have like alone time and Mm -hmm. prayer and however you know like if it could have been framed in more of like like, have your mom help keep you accountable instead yeah. of if you fail at this, 
you're going to have to do a job or a chore for your mom yeah. because you've not done it. Because I picture like I picture me as a child doing this and being like like I picture my mom telling me I, I need to okay, go have your alone time, go pray, whatever, read the Bible. And me like not actually like getting anything from it mm-hmm. because I'm trying to avoid having to wash dishes. Exactly. So I don't yeah, the and the it doesn't it's, it's seem- also it almost seems like too it's like a like it was like a motivating you to spend time in prayer and meditation out of fear. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Instead of actually teaching them and instead of actually teaching you why you want to spend that time. That's a really good point because I don't think I think it is important to teach kids like if you're if you yes. have your own personal prayer time that is so special to you, mm-hmm. I can totally understand wanting your children to also experience that. So if you're trying to teach them that, I completely agree. I don't think there's anything wrong with encouraging them in that way, mm-hmm. but it it needs to be done from a completely different yes. angle. Yes. Yeah. But I do like – I don't think it's a bad thing to have included in this book for no, 8 to 12-year-olds. No, I don't think so either. I actually think it's actually at the perfect age yeah. to start teaching them about that. I mean, um, my oldest two are almost 9 and 7, and we mm-hmm. talk to them about spending quiet time mm-hmm. and, you know, meditation and just like self-reflection and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's actually very age-appropriate. Yeah. It just could have been framed better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then chapter four. Oh, boy. Is another, that was another one. So in the mom's book, it says that the key thought for this date is that, and like what you really want to teach your daughter in this date is that the intoxicating power of beauty is my responsibility. As the daughter. As the daughter. As the child. Yes. Oh my gosh. Alma, I don't know if I can read this in the podcast. It's rough going through things and finding things that you realize you see them and you're like, whoa, I have subconsciously held on to this for years. Um, so in the daughter's book, it says, God created your beauty with a special power. The Bible calls it the power to intoxicate. Each and every day, the clothes you choose to wear are a part of saving the deepest secrets of your beauty. And in the mom's book, it goes a lot more into detail. And so, okay, poor Crystal. She just handed me this book because I haven't read this. Um, Yeah, it's intense. Okay. Obviously, the eight-year-old, the eight to twelve-year-old, is not reading this. Right. So we're here is a content warning. If you are listening with children near you, yeah, stop listening. <laughs> if you're listening with headphones in, it's fine. Like, don't yes. let children hear, hear this. Yeah. Um, obviously, you can use your discretion with older teenagers, right. but. Don't this next part is not child friendly. And and the reason that we're including this is again, this was not something I read as a child, but this is the context that was given to 
the adult, the adult who was guiding this conversation. Mm-hmm. And they were telling us that this is what we were going to cause as 8 to 12-year-old little girls. Basically, it was giving the 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 adult the task of communicating this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. To the 8 to 12-year-old. Yes. Which is really intense. It's, it's- Prepare yourself. Just prepare yourself. I don't know. Trigger warning, maybe. <laughs> yeah, for that. it's intense. Yeah, it is. It is. Because, like, Crystal said something about, like, that she's getting choked up, and then I read it, and I... Yeah. I want to cry. It's very personal to me, to the point where I don't think I can even read it out loud. So, like... Am I going to read it out loud? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. It's up to you. If you can't, if you don't want to read it or can't feels a little I think for me it's hard because I know where I'm going with this conversation mm-hmm. after this. Okay. So then I'll handle the first part and you can okay. handle the awful part. <laughs> oh great. They're both awful. They're parts. both Let's awful. Be real. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is basically like we said it's for the adult. It's in the adult's book. It says The Secret Keeper Girls Prep Talk. Did we even say the name of this book? I don't you know, think I'm we not sure that we did. I don't know that we did. It's did a secret we? keeper girl. I, I don't think we did. We just started talking about this little devotional thing that this book you went that we through. Did. Yeah, it's as called a child. It was called the secret secret keeper girl. Mm-hmm. And it's this is yeah. We'll talk more about the whole thing after, but yeah. Okay, so it says the secret keeper girl prep talk. And this is what the mom is reading. Oh my goodness. Prepare yourself, like I said. These are not words coming from my brain. (laughs) I'm laughing so I don't cry. (laughs) Yes. Okay. He glances at the curve of your body. He studies the soft skin of your back. He reaches for you. A cascade of chemicals rush through his body like electricity, breathing light into a dark stadium. His mind is washed with adrenaline, Blinding his sensibility. His touch becomes stronger, more demanding. His body stiffens. Your body senses his excitement and begins to soften. The sweet intoxication has begun, and you are still fully dressed. Don't blush. You have a daughter, my friend. At some point in your life, you've experienced the power that your body has to intoxicate a man, to bring specific and thrilling changes to his. In the context of our marriages, this is a holy act of praise to our creator as much as an act of passion. But that cycle of excitement began with a glance, and all too often today's young women are offering young men and older men the chance to study their youthful curves and much of their tender skin. The cycle is commenced, a godly young man will fight it with all he's worth, but even many of them will fail. In that whole thing, it talks about how it it doesn't it says, oh, they'll fight it. But one, it says, says again, like we talked about in when we talked about the the um Yeah, uh, the other for book. Only, women, yes. For women only. For women only. When we talked about that, we talked about how it places all the responsibility on the girls and also it makes men seem weak when they're not. Yes. And men are not weak, but they're saying they're gonna try to fight it off, but they're not going to be able to. And it said that his what it is, it said something about his something being flooded or overcome. It says that his mind is washed with adrenaline, blinding his sensibility. Blinding his sensibility. Blinding his sensibility. It does. Okay, I'm just like, going to say this. 
it doesn't mention that we have the same chemicals. Yes. We have the same they're okay, so it's okay for them to not be sensible, but we're supposed to keep the sensibility when we have the same chemicals. Exactly. We just because oh, this is a message that is so portrayed by like the um by this whole uh, okay. Religious culture. Yeah. That sex is for men. Yeah, and it's not for and, women and at all. There's a whole other direction we could go with that. Yeah. But it's not this f- That's another topic. Yeah, that's for- another topic for another day. But this doesn't even acknowledge yes. that it's enjoyable for women. It's talking about the intoxication that they're getting from you. It doesn't talk about like not that I get that that's not the point they're trying to make. Yeah. But Like, starting here, it doesn't acknowledge that we have the same chemicals. We have the same feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then in the girls, that is the prep. The mom reads before she goes into this topic with her daughter. And in this, with the part of the the, the daughter's um, diary, it... Tells them to check out this little graphic. And I think we've all seen this. We have all seen the two curved lines with the circle and at the top. And when we see it, we're like, oh, that's a person. Mm -hmm. And so she says, you know, I show you this and you see a happy little guy. This is, that's the gestalt theory in use. And that the Gestalt theory teaches a designer to control a viewer's time by forcing the person to mentally complete a visual image. Because the brain is intrigued by completing the incomplete, it will always pause to finish an unfinished picture. So then it tells you to draw a bird using this theory and also a mountain. Um, And then it says, I'm not just telling you this for no reason. It has to do with the power of your beauty. Because goes on to mention some different items of clothing. And it says that you need to avoid wearing clothes that invite people to finish the picture of your body. So again, these are 8 to 12 year olds. Yeah. Who's finishing the picture of an 8 to 12 year old's body? Yeah, that's the thing that – okay, so I don't know what feeling this creates in your body, but to this day, like reading this, I instantly – and it's been there since I was however old I was Mm -hmm. when I first – there is this like – I don't know how to explain it, but it's in my stomach. Yeah. It's like this deep – it's not it, – it feels like what a physical feeling of shame feels like. There's just this like pang in my stomach and it hurts and it makes me feel so dirty. And it feels – it feels – for me, it also feels like it's endless. Yes. Like – 
Like it feels like if I try to figure out like where is this feeling ending, there doesn't feel like there's an end to it. No. Like does that yeah, make sense? Because it's both in my stomach but also in my whole body. Yeah. And for, for me it's – yeah, I agree with everything you said. I feel it very much in my stomach. I definitely would – yeah, like you said, shame I think is definitely what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, for me it like – feels both like heavy but also empty at the same time Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah it does but it's also feels like it's choking me in my throat yes and it's literally like if you think about what it is it is shame for existing within a body this body That is intoxicating. Yes. And that you can't control this, like, going back to what it said, this is is the part I almost began to cry about, where it says that young women are offering young men and older men the chance to study their youthful curves and much of their tender skin. Mm -hmm. Um, Older men? Yeah. Why are we not holding them accountable? That's pedophilia. Yeah. Like exactly. I call, yeah, call it what it is. That that was these these are girls who are 8 to 12 years old. Like this is we're not talking about boys their own age at that point. No. I I was telling Crystal the other day. I think that boys who are this age And when boys and girls start noticing each other for the first time, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure scientifically what the age is that they do that. But when they do, that is so much more innocent than what they are implying in this. It's like, oh, they're pretty or they're cute. And also, I mean, like, um, it does bring to mind one thing that I do think we should mention. And that is that children are like – statistics show that – Children are being exposed to pornography at a much younger age mm-hmm. these days. Mm-hmm. And, but if a child has not been exposed to those things, mm-hmm. they are not like at this age, the only way that they're going to even try to complete a picture like that is if they've been exposed to that. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that would be the only thing that would. Can I explain? Yeah, that yeah, I think so. I guess what I'm thinking is like the natural curiosity. Yes, is okay. Yes, like and and I think that I don't thinking know that exactly. Somebody is cute or pretty yeah. is normal. Yeah, yeah, and I think obviously we can handle that. I don't know. I don't know what these people would say to say to the boys, yeah. but uh, you can handle that with boys in a better way than telling them like. I don't know if like this is what it seems like they're telling boys like, well, if a girl's not dressed well, then that like, I don't know how they're the handling vibe. that because like, you're just not going to be able to do anything about it if a girl like wears something that like you notice her. Yeah, like I'm not. And, yeah, how are they handling that? Because in this, they're completely like yeah, they're completely putting that responsibility on girls, and so like for. I don't know why the older men thing to me, for some reason, that like settled into my body. And I, to this day, like every, it doesn't happen as often anymore, but I remember my whole teenage life, like, and they'll talk about like, 
I'm, I think in another chapter, it talks about how to test like the modesty of your clothes or yep. whatever. Yep. And so like with that, I remember like, I remember as a child wearing like really long shirts mm-hmm. and I had like jeans that, um, looking back, they were perfectly fine, but I was convinced that they were too tight and I would like wear long cardigans that cover like down to my mid thigh. And sometimes I would get dressed and I would look at myself in the mirror and I would be like, I I was almost looking at my body like, okay, what, what is a guy going to see? What is an older man going to see? And I'm like, will I feel okay with them looking at me like that? Mm -hmm. And I would literally get this feeling that I still get sometimes when I, uh, uh, and it's like, I, it's like, I just wanted to like cover myself in like the most possible amount of fabric possible and just hide. And like, I didn't want anyone to see me ever. Like I felt so like I, I was almost shaking, like, mm-hmm. and this feeling from the pit of my stomach just, like, was so much. And it was <sighs> awful. And and every now and then, I still get it. I'll put on a certain shirt, I'll look at myself in the mirror, and I'm not – I honestly – I've tried – It's it'll be with the most random piece of clothing that's mm-hmm. perfectly fine. But for some reason I look in the mirror and I'm like, for something will trigger it and I'll be like, ugh. And I like tear the shirt off of me as fast as possible and quickly like put something else on. Mm-hmm. But by then the feeling's there and it takes hours to go away. I I know exactly what you're talking okay. about. I'm because, <laughs> and but for me, like, one of the things that I would do to make me feel more comfortable is wear layers. So I still sometimes will realize like it can be halfway through the day and I'll be like, why did I put a tank top on underneath of this? Like Mm -hmm. a cami, like it didn't need it. It was not necessary, but I still have this like more layers. I I didn't realize till recently how much I did that too. mm -hmm. And I'm like, why am I doing this with a t-shirt whose neck is up to my collarbones? Yeah. There's no reason for it. No. Yeah, I know. And, um, yeah, I find myself doing it all the time with clothes that it's not even necessary. Mm -hmm. And, but for some reason, just having like multiple layers Mm -hmm. makes me feel more covered, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is. I just, yeah, I know. I agree. Like what you reading that is just like, it's like, it's not like we've already established like the boys that we're not talking about the boys that are the same age. Mm -hmm. We're talking about older people. I, I, I just literally like the fact that as a religious organization, you are telling girls that older married men mm-hmm. will look at them if they're not or, modestly or dressed. Even, or even like the older teenage boys. Like, yeah, they, they should be taught better. Yeah. That's that's pedophilia. Mm-hmm. And they're not they're not holding men accountable. Yes. They're making the girls responsible. And oh, I mean We've you find out all the time about 
charges brought against youth pastors or pastors. That is not mm-hmm. and the victim's fault. Yes. And even – I feel like even outside of, like, any, like, religious community, like, people in authority yeah. are often found mm-hmm. to be guilty of those things because they have used – but then again, like, if you think about the messages that those men were taught when they were younger, mm-hmm. they were never taught to take responsibility. Yeah. And, and you know, okay, that brings up a whole different thing. You also have the abuse of young boys. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, to me, that proves that if someone is not held responsible for their actions and their thoughts and taught to like be responsible for their own yes. stuff, then you can't you can't fix that with the way a girl dresses. You can't nope. fix that because they're going to find that's, anything. That's literally like trying to fix it by changing how a girl dresses is like trying to put a Band-Aid on it. Yeah. Yeah, It's absolutely. not actually fixing it because we have talked before about, you know, like the, the bad – brain pirate, right? Is that what we called it, right? And it's like, that is what needs to be taught to kids. Mm -hmm. Not like, oh, we can fix this by putting more clothes on. Mm -hmm. That's not going to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. And I have friends who were Amish Mm -hmm. and were assaulted by other Amish Mm -hmm. boys. Mm -hmm. And have you seen the dresses Amish people wear? Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. Like, yeah. they were covered. Mm-hmm. and they Very well, might they, I add. Yeah. And they were not, they were not, you know, behaving in any sort of yeah. way to attract that kind of attention. Mm-hmm. But it still happened. Mm-hmm. And was there any responsibility ever, you know, did mm-hmm. those boys ever take any responsibility for those things that they did? Not to my knowledge, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's utterly uh, – there's no words. There's no words for how bad of a message and how harmful of a message this is to girls. And the thing is, is that, like, this isn't just, like, victim shaming and blaming – the girl in this instant isn't just it doesn't it's not just relegated to religions mm-hmm. like this happens in the it's, world it's everywhere and the thing is is that if we want to talk about like the power of your beauty and stuff like mm-hmm. talk about what beauty really is talk about that it's more than skin deep mm-hmm. talk about that like there are women who are beautiful and then you see their attitude and it's like oh they're kind of ugly now like you could talk about your inner beauty more. And yeah. like I feel like there's so much emphasis placed on the outer. And even then, it could be a conversation about having respect for yourself. Yeah. Versus it being a conversation of you have to do this because the men can't control themselves. And you're mm-hmm. going to like one of the thoughts that like or messages that I believed for a long time is that I was by the things that I was doing or not doing, even mm-hmm. unintentionally, I was making mm-hmm. men think thoughts that they didn't want to think. Mm-hmm. Like I was forcing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. simply because I existed. Yep. 
Yep. Yes. That is way too much responsibility to put on an 8 to 12-year-old. I think you're right. I think that I feel like calling your beauty intoxicating as an 8 to 12-year-old is – that's why. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. That's ridiculous. And the sad thing is, is that from what I haven't they, – they've redone this book now. This okay. is – they've – it's – Change some, and apparently they have taken out the word intoxicating. Mm. It's now called. Um, oh, you just told me earlier what oh, it's called. True girl, true girl. I kept. I keep wanting to say real girl, and I'm like, that does not <laughs> sound right. But it's called true girl now instead of secret keeper girl. And um, from what I've read, I mean, I haven't read those personally. It's the basic messages are still the same. Mm -hmm. They've just changed some of the wording slightly and they took out the word intoxication. That's so interesting. But yeah, it's still. It's I think that to a certain extent, maybe around this age, you need to start like teaching girls how to be safe. Mm-hmm. Because there is the very real like I, but I think you can do that without telling them their beauty's intoxicating, and that because you're essentially telling them that it's their fault if something happens to them. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't come out and say that, but that's the message that's communicated, and that's what I felt all of my teenage years. I was petrified something was going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. I still carry this deep fear mm-hmm. of that something's going to happen to me, and 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 there is this deep-seated subconscious belief that it would be my fault. Mm-hmm. And and then I look at the people who something did happen to. It's not their fault. Mm-hmm. And to to put that responsibility on girls to carry that around, that fear, and then if something does happen to them, it reinforces, oh, it was my fault. Yes. I caused it. That is why I, I think that that plays a part in why a lot of things don't get reported. Yeah. And oh, why absolutely. Why a lot of men don't, aren't held accountable. If because you, yes, because if you fault. believe that mm-hmm. you tempted a man and he couldn't control himself, yes. then you're the one who sinned. You're yeah. the one who's at fault. And there are so many different ways that you could teach girls to be safe. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that um, – I think that the way that you dress can be brought into the conversation, mm-hmm. but with a totally different implication. Yes. Because you can talk about how certain things do, like, draw more attention to you and make you, like, more vulnerable, like, in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Like, I that came out differently than I imagined in my head. But, like, do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I think like, I you're know not, what you mean. You're not going to wear a bikini in a place where you don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. Like that's just not smart because of the world we live in. Not yeah. because it's not your because fault if you get hurt. something wrong with your body. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, like without putting the shame of your body on it, you could talk about like just making smart decisions. And you could talk about like not putting yourself in situations without a friend, without a parent. Like mm-hmm. there's so much, you know, you could talk about like do you need to be carrying pepper spray? I, Okay, not as an eight-year-old, but like, <laughs> like maybe yeah. this is an older conversation. But there's like, even at this age, you can have conversations about how to be safe. I mean, like, honestly, in a very child-friendly way. Honestly, like for so for me personally, mm-hmm. what we've done with our kids is well, number one, always naming body parts, mm-hmm. what they actually are called. Yeah. Um, 
But so all of our kids know the names of their anatomy mm-hmm. and they know that there are areas that nobody is supposed to be touching. Mm-hmm. No and, one. Yes. And they know that and they know that like, like I think starting out with that when they're little mm-hmm. and you're teaching them their, the names of their body parts just along with learning their their shoulders and their nose and all of those mm-hmm. things. Like it's it's just it becomes a natural progression of conversation mm-hmm. that happens as they grow and mm-hmm. as they develop. You're just taking the conversation to another level. Yeah. And it never has to become this big thing about their bodies. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And I feel like you can also talk about like like at a certain age, at a safe age, like a, a good mm-hmm. age, you can you can bring up like if someone would ever hurt you, like that's wrong. They should not yes. be doing that because it's putting the wrongness on the person who hurt them, mm-hmm. not on them. And the amount of times that I have heard things like, well, somebody, you know, was hurting me, but I didn't feel like I could even try to get away because we were told we're not allowed to kick anybody. We were told we're not allowed to bite anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I very specifically have told my kids that, you know, if something was my older ones anyway, um, that if something was to happen, they are allowed to do all of those things in mm-hmm. an effort to get away. Yeah. Like yeah. there's, there's nothing that's off limits in those situations. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that's important to like be explicit about when we tell our kids like, like, and I don't, maybe explicit wasn't the right word to use in this context. <laughs> no, I, direct but maybe. Yes, direct because kids pick up on, you know, messages that we don't even realize we've communicated. Mm-hmm. And so being very direct about it and saying like, you can do this, you can do this, you can mm-hmm. do this, like in these situations mm-hmm. so that they specifically know that I think yeah. is a good idea. Yeah, I think so too. And I feel like if you if you're communicating that to your child, if they do get hurt, they're going to be able to come to you to tell you mm-hmm. instead of trying to hide it from you because yes. you're going to believe them, number one. And number two, you're not going to blame them for yeah, what happened. Exactly. And, and they're going to know that you're going to advocate for them yeah. and that like you're going you're going to be an advocate for them. And that – yeah. There's so many resources nowadays that talk about like how to talk to your children about mm-hmm. stuff and like there's some great books. Yeah, like we don't keep secrets. Mm-hmm. We we don't keep secrets from mom and dad. If someone tells you that you have it, that you need to keep a secret from mom or dad, like mm-hmm. we don't keep secrets. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah, there's that's, that's a really good one because that is as simple as a wording change from mm-hmm. Um, we don't keep secrets. Surprises are okay because a surprise is just something that you don't say for a little bit, but mm-hmm. then like you're going to, everybody's going to find out about it. Yeah. And so it's not a thing of like, we will never ever tell anybody that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And that helps teach them that if someone asks them to keep a secret. Yes. Yeah. There's, so there's a lot of great resources, but anyways, I think that Obviously, we were talking about this message yeah. that it's giving to little girls. And I th- I think that we obviously, like, we went into what that enables, what what message that communicates, mm-hmm. and what all that leads to. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> that was intense. 
think everybody should just take a deep breath now and just <sighs> cleansing breath, yes. cleansing breath out. Just yeah, okay, that helps. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've taken our cleansing breaths. Are you ready? We've mostly recovered. <laughs> mostly, we're reeling a little bit. Like it's a good thing we're sitting and not trying to walk right now. Um. Okay. Um, for this uh, date, date number five, you're supposed to go shopping and you're going to talk about fashion. That sounds fun, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So what stuck out to me about this one was more, they were, they talked about the, you know, the current fashion trends and like, what do you think about them? Like, are they, are they good or not? Like, you know, um, mm-hmm. then it would tell you to look at these different looks and see if they pass, if they fail, or if there's something you need to use caution with. And it has some examples, but um, that's not the important part of this to me. Mm-hmm. Um, then you're supposed to ask yourself questions about these looks. Is this look feminine? Because it tells us that God wants you to look like a girl and not a guy. This doesn't mean that you can't wear pants. It just means you shouldn't wear pants that are cut for men or anything else that's considered manly in our society. Okay, so here is a plot twist to that one. Um, When I was wearing jeans as a teenager, Mm -hmm. the jeans that I wore because I was told, you know, not to wear anything too tight or Mm -hmm. that, you know, like pointed out my curves. Mm Mm-hmm. I was wearing jeans that were cut for boys because that was the only thing that hid that. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Mm -hmm. like, they told me one thing, and then they told me another thing. And it's like... That's such a contradiction. And and there's also, like, I know there's another part in this book where it literally tells you, oh, go to the guys section Mm -hmm. and get a shirt to cover if you need to. Yeah. Like, um... You're supposed to ask yourself, does this look hide my intoxicating secrets? Because God wants you to save the deepest secrets of your beauty, your breasts, your belly skin, your thighs, and your bottom. Does this trend make you look fabulous without drawing attention to these parts of your body? Is it affordable? Is it joyful? Joyful. I, joyful. Interesting. No, I did not feel joyful about my my men's jeans. I did not. No. Yeah. But I felt like I was between a rock and a hard place. Like, mm-hmm. that was the only option I thought I had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, very contradictory. Yeah. Um, I never cared that much about fashion. So the fashion chapter to me that day was just like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. I totally. I. Yeah. Yeah. It, it didn't do much for me. Yeah. Um. I wasn't much into fashion. I just liked like I liked wearing things that I felt like me in. Mm. And I remember like choosing outfits based like the colors and the. Yeah. So that was pretty much that's pretty much it for chapter five. Yeah. They just talked about fashion. Okay. So then. Date six uh, was called the Bod Squad. Interesting. And 
continued the fashion, but now we are doing fashion tests that every single outfit has to pass these tests if you want to wear them. Um, you've got the raise and praise, put your arms in the air, and if you're showing too much belly, that's a fail, apparently. Mm-hmm. The thing that gets me the most about these tests is the name of this next one. Oh boy. I forgot this one you told me the other day. Grandpa's Mirror. Oh no. Why is it called Grandpa? I mean, this just sends me spiraling right back to the conversation yep. we just had. Yep, 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 yep. Absolutely. Why do we have to call it Grandpa's Mirror? Well, yeah. We, it Doesn't it say in there, like... Get in front of a full-length mirror. If you're in shorts, sit Indian style. And if you're in a skirt, sit in a chair with your legs crossed. Now, what do you see in the mirror? Pretend that the mirror is your grandpa. Yep. And pretend that you, you know, yeah, pretend that grandpa is there. If you see undies or a lot of thigh, your shorts or skirt is too short. Why is it grandpa that we're pretending here? Like, again, it's that goes back to pedophilia. Disturbing. Like, that is so disturbing. Appalling. Could not be worse. <laughs> I literally can't. No, okay. I can't either. The next one is I see London, I see France. This one, this one, this one. Oh. You're supposed to bend over and touch your knees and then have somebody look right at your bottom. Can she see the outline of your underpants or the seams in them? What about the color? Like So this one obviously implies that you're having like your mom or your sister or like another girl in your life look at your But okay, that yeah. still feels violating. Yes. That that feels very violent. They're telling you to bend over and touch your knees. That's a very vulnerable position. Yes. And then you're having somebody else and look then at your butt. S- tell them to look at the area that you have specifically been trying to cover. Uh-huh. From the previous chapters. Yes. Like, I don't care if it's a girl. This still feels violating. I, at least to me. I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, then the next one, you're supposed to lean forward. And if you can see too much chest skin or cleavage or future cleavage it says in here then your shirt is too low future cleavage future cleavage um yeah you can this is the only thing they said that the only thing you can do for this is to layer them so if you put a t-shirt under there you'll have a great look there's your layers there's my layers oh boy And last but not least, we've got Spring Valley. Oh, no. I don't like this one. I don't either. And it was the way to test if your shirt was too tight. Now, it tells you, because of the target age of this girl's, you know, 8 to 12 years old, it's like, you might not be able to take this test yet. Okay, if they're not able to take this test yet, why are we, why are we about even it? talking about it? Yes, like, what? <sighs> Like, obviously, you know this isn't age-appropriate if you know that they're not able to... Anyway. <laughs> ah! Okay. Anyway. This, the test was to place the tips of your fingertips together and press into your shirt right into the, quote, valley, valley 
between the breasts. Then count to three and if you're and take your fingers away and if your shirt springs back, it's too tight. You may have to go a few sizes larger to find a modest fit, mm. it says. That's uh yeah. Invaluable advice. Yeah. So those um that one and then I think another one that they taught us was the fingertip test. Where you oh, put yeah, your absolutely. hands down at the side, at your side, mm-hmm. and if your shorts or your skirt are shorter than where your fingertips come to, it's too short. Yep. Yep. I don't even know what to say about this. I don't either. Um, I think that I I think that having some guidelines for like Choosing outfits. Sure. I don't think the idea is bad. Yes. However, the way that they have presented these, the names they've chosen for them, the way that they talk about it is very shaming. Mm-hmm. I will never understand the whole, if your bra strap's visible, that's a problem. Like, I will never understand that because mm-hmm. every girl wears a bra. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then you probably don't need it. Like, okay. Everyone obviously there are people who don't wear a bra by choice because they just Yeah. I this is beside the point. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm most people bunny trailing. Most people yes. choose to wear a bra. Yes. And so for someone to see a bra strap, it's like, oh yes, they are wearing an item of clothing that ninety-nine percent of the female population wears. Yes. Wow. That really yes. does it for me. <laughs> like Makes no sense yes. whatsoever. So have we made it the way the whole way through the almost, book? Almost. Almost. Oh, there's more. Okay. Almost. Let me look here. We've got two more chapters, two more dates to go. So here is date number seven. Finally, after all of this time talking about beauty and all this stuff, we have a date where we're going to talk about internal fashion. Okay. And Basically, you know how I said earlier, sometimes you meet a girl and she's oh, yeah, really yeah. beautiful and then you get to know her and she's just not very beautiful. That's basically what they're talking about and how the fa- you need um, fashion for your heart. Okay. Mm-hmm. But um, they say that there are different kinds of garments that God wants you to wear. And one of the ones that God wants us to wear is submission. Okay. So then, um, basically, it spends the rest of, yeah, the rest of the date is talking about submission and how it's allowing someone else to lead you, um, following authorities with obedience, and then it gives you a quiz that you can do to decide if you are... Submissive, submissive enough yes you know this reminds me of the the documentary uh what's it called keep sweet what is it called oh i don't know um, you and brenda talked about it yeah i never watched it i don't know I, is it keep sweet and pray or something like that yeah for some reason the thing that comes to mind is keep sweet pray and obey but i don't think that's right um i don't know but it's yeah, that for some reason, like the way that you're saying that is reminding me of that documentary. I I think that 
the whole how young girls and teenagers are taught about submissiveness um, is a conversation and, and what that leads to is a conversation completely like for a different time. Like, because obviously every woman, every girl internalizes things differently, but there is just... It can be problematic depending on how you talk about submissiveness and following authority and Mm -hmm. all that in future relationships and what women will put up with. Well, and also, like, I was so I just I was reading this quiz because I was curious. It has to do with what the kids you're hanging out with, what like, what do I do when they want to do something I don't want to do when your teacher gives you homework, when your parents ask you to do something. When one of your siblings wants the same video game or toy that mm. I want, when I think someone has made, made a mistake, like it's all like a lot of it. I mean, like, okay, the parents one like does have to do with authority mm-hmm. and I would say the teacher a little bit, but that's also a little bit more responsibility, mm-hmm. but the ones with your friends and your siblings and when you think someone has made a mistake, those things are not that there's anything wrong with listening to what your friends want to do and trying to find something that works for everybody. Mm -hmm. There's not anything wrong with that. There's not anything wrong with sharing with your siblings. Mm -hmm. There's not anything wrong with not, you know, loudly, publicly correcting everybody when they make a mistake. There's not anything wrong with those things. But those are all things that also lead people to not stand up for themselves. Yeah. Depending on how you portray them and how they are taught. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like in some ways what young girls are taught leads them to like well, I'm not going to say my opinion because mm-hmm. I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to make it all about me. Yes, but uh, like the reality is is that a lot of times we end up feeling like we're just doormats. Yeah, exactly. Because everybody's just walking over you. Exactly. And that's not a good feeling. It's not a good place to be mentally. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. not being authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. Um, I I would have loved to see like for this if I was gonna do you know for this book to actually be something I'd want to do with my daughter, which I wouldn't. But like, mm-hmm. if it was you know take out all the stuff we've talked about and just do some of the good stuff, I would want there to be a chapter about authenticity and Mm -hmm. like not being afraid to let your voice be heard and speaking your mind and no i'm not saying go out and you know be a rebel yeah it's not it's not saying don't be kind no no you're not gonna but don't yeah i don't know you can be kind and have compassion yeah and be understanding and still be authentic Mm -hmm. and still have an opinion and a voice yeah exactly all of those things are possible it's Mm -hmm. not one way or the other yeah yeah i can see what they were trying to do with this chapter yes yes but again there's like some other chart some other some other chapters (laughs) they missed the mark like like i see the intention and where they were trying to go with it and Mm -hmm. that's good but that it just fell short. <laughs> yeah. Like. And it's, it's, yeah. The motivation is wrong. Yes. So then the final date was supposed to be a date with your dad. Okay. And you're supposed to dress up 
and go out to a fancy restaurant just for you and your dad. Oh, wait. No, hold on. Mom comes too, I guess. Yep. Oops, sorry. I said that wrong. Okay, so it's a, it's a special dinner date for the daughter with the mom and the dad. Okay. And you were supposed to cut this these questions out of the book and put them into a box and then at the um, restaurant you're supposed to go over these questions and everybody picks one out and they read them and there's some for everybody so one of the questions for the dad was to um, describe the first moment you saw your daughter um, It says, um, your daughter had another one for the dad was your daughter has been learning that internal beauty is more important than external beauty. What's the most beautiful thing about her heart? See, it says that, but Mm -hmm. for me, the vibe that I got from this book is more focused on external than internal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, so that's interesting. Another question for the dad. Your daughter has been learning that her body has the power to intoxicate guys. Tell her your perspective as a dad on how a guy thinks about girls. Oh, no. And then another one for the dad. What unique feature about your wife attracted her to you? Then it goes into questions for the mom. How did you tell your daughter's dad you were pregnant with her? What part of your daughter's face looks most like you or like her dad? What's your daughter's favorite book? It says, fill in the blank. The source of my beauty is. And then the daughter is supposed to answer, what's the most fun you've ever had with your dad? Uh, Another one for the daughter. When do you most sense your dad's love? Um, Another one for the daughter. It says, fill in the blank. My beauty is ultimately determined by what I wear. And the answer is supposed to be on the inside. Mm. Another one for the daughter. Tell your dad about the gestalt theory and ask him how that relates to fashion. Mm. Um, tell your parents which date was your favorite and why. And the thing is, is I like, I like the idea of taking your daughter mm-hmm. on a date to, you know, just spend time with her and show her that she's important and a value to you. Mm-hmm. I love a couple of the questions. Um, like, does dad describe the first moment you saw your daughter? Mom, how did you tell her? Or how did you tell your dad that you were pregnant with her? Mm-hmm. Like, that's like, oh, like, let's let's talk about, like, the joy that she's mm-hmm. brought to your life. Yeah. From the very beginning. Like, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. But then some of this other stuff. Um, the thing that gets me is that... In the dad explaining how men, like, how did they word that question? Um, Tell her your perspective as a dad on how a guy thinks about girls. (sighs) Okay. Maybe it's just where my brain goes, but I feel like that puts the girl in a position of, wait, does my dad look at my body? Yeah, it does kind of. And that's... That's not how you're supposed to think of your dad. No. And that's your dad not is make... supposed to be a safe place. Mm-hmm. That's not going to make a girl feel... Yeah. I was just going to say that's not going to make a girl feel safe with her dad. Yeah. yeah. And so 
obviously everyone's different. You can internalize the message differently. Mm-hmm. I feel like for me, that would make me be like, wait, so dad, you have those thoughts about girls my age. Mm-hmm. You have those thoughts about my friends when they come over. Well, that and that just, I mean, just that, that makes me think of, um, there's a woman that, you know, I follow on Instagram. I think you've followed her too. And she has talked about how her dad, part of her story is that her dad was a pastor mm-hmm. and her oh, dad yeah. is actually currently still in jail. So he's been in jail for about nine years now. Mm-hmm. And what he was arrested and charged with was for inappropriate conduct with a minor. And she is still dealing with trauma because this minor was the same age as her. Yeah. Yeah. And that has really messed with her. Dude, that would that, mess. That, of that course that's going to mess anybody. with you. Her dad was attracted to mm-hmm. and inappropriately involved Inappropri- yes. with a girl who was her age. Yeah. And a minor, well, not old enough to even legally consent. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're old enough to legally consent, that would still mess with you if your yeah. dad was interested in somebody who was the same age as you. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. There's – I feel like especially a child in this age category, mm-hmm. um, number one, I feel like – well, I already said that. Like, obviously, like, starting with the whole describing their beauty as intoxicating and everything. Like, mm-hmm. everything that has been portrayed up until this point – your dad is supposed to be who you are, like, safe with. Mm-hmm. There's not – I feel like up until a certain age, there is still a comfortableness with if your dad – if you're getting dressed and your dad happens mm-hmm. to see you getting dressed. Like, because your dad isn't supposed to be harming you. Like, yeah. isn't supposed to be looking at you in that way. Mm-hmm. Like – there's – I don't know. I'm not communicating quite what's in my brain in good words. <laughs> um, but you know, you know – I think yeah. you know what I mean. I like, do know what you mean. Your dad's supposed to be a safe place. Yeah. And I feel like this question can lead to the the compromisation of that safe place. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. Yeah. And that – man, if you think about – Further thinking about the implications of that. Yeah. Like, if a girl felt safe with her dad and then this made her not feel safe with her dad, if something happened, she wouldn't feel like she could go to him. Mm -hmm. Even though he would still, he could still be completely safe. Mm -hmm. She would not feel like she could go to him. I feel like a dad could handle, a dad could have a completely different conversation about how important she is to him and how, okay, this is, okay, so we're done with the book now. So I wanted to like, we can kind of recap like last thoughts. At this point, our this is a very long podcast episode. Um, So maybe you've listened to it in several parts. Um, But this is what I wish. Okay. I don't know if it's age appropriate for eight to 12 year olds. I don't know when you should be talking about this. I, maybe I need to study the scientific like stages that kids go through. I don't know. But Never once did it talk about how boys should treat you 
Yeah. And what you need to look for in if a if a if a guy is going to be a good like granted at 8 to 12 you're not looking for a, mm-hmm. a life partner a husband. Like you're I, not I think that some of this stuff like it it should be split into yeah. like one book that's for like 10 to 12 year olds. Yeah, maybe so. And then another one that's for like 13 to 15 year olds. Yeah. And the 13 to 15 year olds, you could start to talk about that kind of stuff because I think at that age, it's good for girls to like, like they are noticing guys and they're all like, oh, he's really cute. They start to have crushes like, Mm -hmm. and like that stuff is starting to happen. And so I think it would be really good to have that conversation at that point in time and be like, yeah, he is really cute, but like, did you notice how rude he is? Yeah, like, you, you know, just like all of those yeah. things, and like, start teaching them to look for red flags. Yes, and teach them if he doesn't treat you with respect. That I do not remember where I saw it or who 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 it was from, but I saw a video on Instagram where this lady was saying that her. 15 year old daughter like they talk about who she has a crush on and whatever and she said we were talking about and i asked her about this guy and she said oh i don't like him anymore and i said oh you know what happened and she said well i realized how disrespectful he was to his teachers and it was kind of a red flag for me because if he's going to be disrespectful to his teachers then how do i know he's not going to be respectful to me yeah and it yeah. was like, yes, like, look at that. You taught her about red flags and, like, mm-hmm. what are, like, some That's, of those things. Yes. And that is a very age-appropriate thing. Mm-hmm. She's not, like, like not she's not feeling like, oh, if I date this guy, I have to marry him. Mm-hmm. But, like, she's just like, you know, if I'm going to date somebody, I would like for them to be somebody that I could potentially see myself spending the rest mm-hmm. of my life with. Like, mm-hmm. that's the whole point of dating, right? Like, mm-hmm. and... Yeah. And so, like, if you can't see yourself ever marrying them, why would you want to date them? Yeah. There's... And even... Okay. Taking a step back, even if you're not someone who approaches dating as, like, well... Like, yes. It has to end in marriage. You still want to be treated well as a human being. Yes. And, like, okay, and our relationships that we have impact us. Mm-hmm. Like... You still want to have relationships that are going to impact you for the good. Yeah. Like, why would you want to go into a relationship being like, oh, well, this is just going to scar me. <laughs> like, I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, obviously yeah. things happen where, like, you get in. There's always times when, like, someone might get into a relationship and yes. then it turns out that they are way more disrespectful than you originally thought they would yes. be. And then you leave. Like, there's – and you are allowed to leave. Mm-hmm. Well. We will get into a lot of other conversations some <laughs> other time involving that. But, like, I guess the whole, like, I feel disappointed mm-hmm. that this whole purity culture did not ever, and maybe some people did, maybe some people, like, interpreted things differently or, like, took the time. Mm-hmm. But I never experienced being told what to look for in guys and what to stay away from. Mm-hmm. I was always taught what I need to be and not be for guys. Yes. And it's it was never about what guys should be for you. No. That yeah. is a failure to girls. Yes. 
It does not, that, that does not set up relationships and marriages for success. No, absolutely at all. not. Because, because you have no clue what you're supposed to be looking for. No. You have no clue about what the red flags are. You're making your, I think it sets up women to be, like using a word you used earlier, I'm not calling women doormats, but to be doormats, mm-hmm. to be someone who doesn't voice their opinion mm-hmm. and who listens to everything their husband wants to do mm-hmm. and just goes along with the flow and doesn't ever actually live authentically. I Do and, you know what I mean? Even, and even beyond that, it also, like, I keep flashing back to the portion that you read. Oh, yeah. And how it said that the man, like, he he's basically losing all control. Mm-hmm. And even within... No, um, it's not saying basically. It's saying he absolutely yes, did. Yes, You okay. were being nice. Oh, yeah, I was being nice. <laughs> um, even within a marriage relationship, mm-hmm. rape can still occur. Yeah. And if we're really being honest about it, that kind of language of saying that he can't control himself, mm-hmm. that is what... Well, oh, like, you're married... And, well, I mean, he's, this is all, I I have intoxicated him. Mm-hmm. So now the process has started and doesn't matter if I'm not in the mood, mm-hmm. there is no stopping it now. Yeah. It also, like, uh, I get eight to 12 year olds, I don't think it's completely appropriate to bring everything in, but right. there is a point where girls need to be taught that sex is not just for men. Yes. And we can we can have we can dedicate a whole episode to that because there's oh, so yes, much to I that. Agree. Um, I'm just like I'm like I'm like yeah. to me it's like okay that's what they're telling in the wording to the mom mm-hmm. that is going to get translated and that is going to start mm-hmm. that like that's laying the foundation for that mm-hmm. belief that mm-hmm. men cannot control themselves. Yeah, and, and at eight to twelve years yeah. old, that is being started. Yeah, and and whether the mom has believed this or not like it's also communicating that it's reaffirming that message to the mom this book is like reminding the mom of this message like i don't know you know what i mean yes yeah anyways i feel like we've covered what we wanted to cover in this episode so much (laughs) it's um i think we both like in recording this episode too like we've we talked about it beforehand because we knew this was going to be an intense Mm -hmm. episode for both of us yeah because these messages at that age point in our lives and they just they stuck and it's it's crazy to me and mind blowing what subconscious messages we hold on to even after 9 years of marriage oh my goodness yes and so it's it's a lot but um i wanted to say i wanted to at the end of this to say if you're a mom who ever like took part in teaching this to your daughter it's okay like there is we're not shaming moms we're not shaming anyone mm-hmm. who took part in communicating this message to their daughter or their um like any young girls like we're not trying to shame and um i think what we're not i think i know that what we're hoping to do in sharing about this is to 
help other women who have gone through same struggles we have feel validated and to know, like, to see that the messaging was so harmful mm-hmm. and that their bodies are not the problem. Like, and just, I think it's, I think it's important when we share our struggles, when we share what we've gone through, other people feel seen, other mm-hmm. people feel heard. And yeah. I know that I feel so validated when someone else says, I've struggled with that exact same thing and I didn't know where it came from. Or maybe you knew where it came from, yeah. but hearing someone else share their perspective, yeah. is it's important. It is because then you feel like it's like, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. And so yeah. in sharing all of this, like everything we're going to talk about with purity culture, it is never to shame anyone who perpetuated the message, whether they mm-hmm. did it on purpose or not on purpose. Like it is never to shame them because yeah. I personally believe that anyone who perpetuated these messages did so with pure, with a pure heart. Yeah. I think that so many people had wonderful intentions. They wanted girls to feel valued and they Mm -hmm. wanted girls to feel like to be safe and you know Mm -hmm. they had wonderful intentions I don't doubt that but we were given tools that weren't the best way to go about it Mm -hmm. and so we're dealing with the outcome of that yeah and the mindsets that we've had to work through for years yeah so that's what we're intending to do Mm-hmm. We're intending to be we're intending to just provide a space for other people to feel heard and to feel seen and validated. So I just wanted to say that at the end of this episode. And so that you know for all future episodes and the past yeah. episodes as well. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Um I did think of something that we forgot to announce. Oh, yes. We have had multiple people asking, what do some of these terms mean that you're talking about on the podcast? Yes. And we have finally completed the first blog in our series um, in answering the definitions of some of those terms. And we have a blog post on narcissism and what that means and what it looks like and all of that up on our blog now. Yes. Crystal so, did an amazing job with it. So excited! That I basically proofread it. Finally done. <laughs> <laughs> she did amazing, and it's it's very informative. Yeah, very informative. You will definitely know what narcissism is when you finish reading. Yes, it. and then we have um, future ones planned for talking about gaslighting and toxicity and love bombing. Um, if there's any other terms you can think of that you've heard us use and you've been like, I do not know what that is. Let us know and we will add that to our series. Yeah. So, but, oh, that reminds me. Mm -hmm. Did you, have you ever heard the joke about the gaslighter? No. I'm pretty sure you've heard it. (laughs) No, I haven't. Yes, you have. (laughs) I get it. That was gaslighting. So bad. <laughs> so bad. But yeah, that's a very simplistic way of explaining what gaslighting yeah. is. There you go. Yeah. We'll go more in depth on I'm that one. I'm not crazy and no. I know it. <laughs> yes, you are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the the yeah. good kind of crazy. Yes, you are. Oh, um, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's going to be the next one. Gaslighting will be the next blog post then that comes out. So yeah. Yeah. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for, um, we are aware this episode was incredibly long. Um, we talked about, we might possibly split it up into two, but we'll see how long it ends up being like yeah. after I'm finished editing it and everything. So you may have listened to this in two parts. You may have listened to it in one long part. If you listen to this in two parts, thanks for coming back. And if you listen to it in one long part, thanks for hanging around. <laughs> yes. We talked a lot. Yes. There was a lot with this episode, but we yeah. wanted to like – we wanted to not split up too much, like, because it was one book. Mm-hmm. It was one. So we wanted to talk about that all in yeah. one in category. One, yeah. I don't know. And I way. think, too, like, with this kind of a topic, I know it really stirred things up for both of us. Yeah. And so I know for you listening, it probably stirred stuff up for you, too. So if there's um, topics that it brought up for you that you're like, oh, I wish they would talk about this. Or, like, let us know because we would love to hear, you know, what you're thinking and what, yeah, yeah, what, where you, where this conversation is going as far as from your perspective. Yeah. Like, we, we feel like this is an important conversation to have. Mm hmm. It's not fun. No. I'm just going to be straight up. Our other podcast episodes were made way more fun. We than talked these. about mashed potatoes and, yes, squash. Can we talk not about squash? Um, Cantaloupe. Mushmallow. For some reason, I could not think of the word for Can- cantaloupe. Cantaloupe and honeydew. And, and yeah. Mean, like, yeah. Like, and and, and, and huga. Like, like, why are yeah. – yeah, this one's not a fun topic. No. But no, it's not. We, but we do feel it's important. So here we are. So if you don't already, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at The Friendship Bread. Our – blog as we mentioned before that is on our website at thefriendshipbread.com um you can also find all of our upcoming events and all that kind of fun stuff is there yeah, too we do have dates up for the next like two or three coffee nights yes I think. yes so. so you can find those dates put them in your calendar so that you don't miss them mm-hmm. um wherever you are listening to this feel free to leave us a review or five stars or whatever it is that helps us out a lot yeah if you enjoyed this episode, or if, if you experienced the Secret Keeper Girl book um, and have friends that experienced it, send this to them. Like, let's yeah help out our friends and get them in on this conversation, too. Thank you so much for joining us and for hanging in there. And we hope that you'll tune in next time for another episode of the Friendship Bread Podcast. Bye! Bye.